Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, would you love to hear us give the same treatment to Futurama? Who would do a thing like that? Who could do a thing like that? Then you'll be delighted to know we're doing just that for Futurama's entire first season. Hey, when you look this good, you don't have to know anything. And it'll only be available for people who donate at the $5 level to the Talking Simpsons Patreon. Oh god, no! And along with 13 episodes of Talking Futurama, you'll get all 23 episodes of Talking Critic, the entire first season of Talking Simpsons, monthly community podcasts, interviews with Simpsons writers, and so much more! Shut up and take my money! Remember, go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons to get your hands on podcasts from the world of tomorrow! I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons where our breath reeks of beer and pretzeled bread. I'm your host and provident lackwit Bob Mackey and this is a chronological exploration of the Simpsons who is here with me today. Henry Gilbert and this is a chair, right? <laughs> You're sitting in it and who else? Jack DeVries and I forgot to move my cube. Oh, always a problem. <laughs> Today's episode is Homer the Smithers. Welcome employees. <laughs> Come in. The whole night's entertainment is on me. Monty Burns! <laughs> I love how excited he is to recognize his own name. Uh, and today's episode aired on February 25th, 1996. As always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby, a Simpsons joke gets rewritten after the death of Hanga Snagor. Ah. HBO premiered the miniseries The Late Shift. And Jackie Chan makes an impact in America with Rumble in the Bronx hitting theaters all nice. this weekend. Yes, we covered the uh, the Hang Us Noir thing in Team Homer, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, because he was killed in San Francisco. Yes, murdered <laughs> on the street. The notorious, probably killed by leftists in the, in the worst city on earth. I'm being facetious, by the way. That's what assholes say. Yes, but in, unfortunately that meant in Team Homer when they had the joke that Homer had stolen the Oscar of Hang Us from the killing fields. It then read as a joke that Homer murdered him and stole his Oscar. So. I'm totally in favor of them changing that because it was super bad taste, but mm-hmm. it, it actually made the joke so much better. Mm-hmm. Like, now yeah. that we're removed from it, it's like, it's dark, but it's like actually like super I feel pressure. like they would make that joke now, yeah. but they but they, within moments of it, they're like, this is, uh, his, his family hasn't buried him yet. Maybe in the rerun, we that, delete this. It does feel like a more family guy joke. Like, Peter Griffin did drive <laughs> to San Francisco and killed this man for an yeah. Oscar, but not or not Sweet Homer. On Family Guy, they did a joke not that long after the stabbing of George Harrison, where the oh. joke was that Peter was this guard who didn't watch the guy. You're right about that. Yeah. Break into his place. Uh, meanwhile, Rumble in the Bronx. I've never seen a Jackie Chan film before, and it blew my mind. I think most people hadn't, right? This yeah. is, you said American was, debut, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unless they watch Cannonball Run. Uh, other, otherwise, mm-hmm. and after that, it was just a deluge. Like once it hit. Then American film producers were like, there are dozens of Jackie Chan films we can all just release right now. Just a huge glut of them. I remember that late 90s, like, oh, is there a new Jackie Chan film? And you would get it, and you're like, this is some late (laughs) 80s, like, poorly translated Hong Kong film that you would just get. Some of the worst was when they would edit out. So, look, I'm not saying every Jackie Chan film is hilarious, but there's comedy in it that was his intent. And when you just chop it out to have nothing there, it's like you kind of 
ruining the flow of the film as they would do in multiple films. By that, that was uh, you know Harvey Weinstein it did many worse things than just cut out <laughs> things from Jackie Chan. That's true. And uh, like, when was his final moment in the sun in America? The tuxedo or something? Like, was that the very last real? Well, I mean, he, the Rush Hour movies were. Huge, like so huge yeah. that Chris Tucker quit acting for like 20 years. There was Rush Hour 3, the comeback movie with them. And then I recall he also did a movie where when both were past their primes, it was him versus Jet Li. And uh, I forget the, na- the name of that movie, but oh, no, wait. His last draw in America was a Karate Kid remake. Oh, yeah, teaches, oh, yeah. that's right. Uh, Jaden how to uh, do the karate. Uh, but anyway, okay, Jack, why are you here? Yeah. What, are your, uh, what kind of a Simpsons fan are you? I'm I'm a pretty classic Simpsons fan. I was born between the years 1950 <laughs> and 2000, and so I like seasons one through nine, ten. I, I'll be honest. I went all the way into probably like 12 before wow. I was like, I gotta stop. But I think I was like, I'm a bit younger. So it took me until the age of like where liking things stopped being cool, right? And then I was happy to turn on the Simpsons <laughs> because I was like. I was lucky in that the mid 2000s apathy and like hate was the early dawn of hipsterism. Mm. So you could hate something, but you could also say it used to be cool. So you didn't have to fully commit. You could be like, yes, I liked this as a child. (laughs) It had quality back then. It's just that it's bad now. We all got really old, like at 14. Yeah, I I found that that age really never ends, though, at least for me. Yeah, and then I I discovered the internet and wrote it into my whole career. Cynicism will never end. No, I mean... Yeah, it's a it's an unfortunate timing for The Simpsons in getting bad. I mean, I would think, you know, there was a time when people were like, oh, Cheers has gone on too long, or a ton of shows had gone on too long. But for Simpsons, I mean, they even made the character... They made up that jaded Gen X team, like, oh, itchy and scratchy, that's funny. Yeah. Do, you, do you even mean that anymore? I don't know. <laughs> like that. So they... The writers were aware of that as well happening to them. Like so, and, and what uh, made you pick this one out of other ones? The this was one of the first moments that I remember my parents laughing at a gay joke uh. and not processing what the joke was <laughs> and that kind of you know which continued on throughout my life. Uh, but it was just one of those things mm. where I was like, why are why are you laughing? And they wouldn't tell me. <laughs> and and I understood it. I just didn't couldn't figure out how it was a punchline. Yeah. I I also as a gay viewer of things had that moment. Not really with this episode. It was with ambiguously gay duo. Mm. There was a joke about uh, coming on a back, like, <laughs> like come on, come on my back. I was like, mm? and my parents laughed at it. I was like, what what does that mean? Those like, are really the jokes that stick with you though, because you remember your parents laughing, but you don't know why it was funny at the moment. So mm-hmm. when you discover why it's funny, like my parents are filthy, yeah, <laughs> and they're humans. And, and this was a rather gay episode, uh, yeah. but, but just. Under the surface, though, it's not really about Smithers' sexuality. More about Jack, though. Yeah. Uh, people might know you from the internet. The internet, yeah, yes. you're on that thing I, sometimes. I do tend to dabble in it. Um, yeah, so his my background is in game j- journalism, <laughs> the enthusiast uh, press. Yes, the enthusiast <laughs> press. Uh, so, so IGN among other things. I've been pretty active in gay geek stuff as a background. I'm one of the founders of GamerCon, um, now GamerX. Oh yeah, doing a bunch of stuff with that. I currently um, am at Fandom where I talk about DC movies and. 
and mm-hmm. all these other things mm-hmm. that you know all the things that disney owns that's most of the content mm-hmm. i've never heard of that website yeah but, uh, I don't, it sounds pretty cool it's new it's <laughs> this tiny little thing i don't know we'll see what it does <laughs> well as a simpsons viewer though i may be misremembering this but your family you had kind of a, a religious upbringing as well though yes. how, did, how did that intersect with being a simpsons viewer very weirdly it's a great question so i grew up as a jehovah's witness so re- really strict about everything except the simpsons weird for whatever like i was not allowed to watch king of the hill because it was created by the guy who made beavis and butthead so it was just not allowed in our house and he is of the devil yeah (laughs) even though like king of the hill is totally like a more temperate show at the time it's quite a christian show if anything um but for whatever reason and it's not just limited to me because i remember it being odd in our whole congregation is that for whatever reason at least in my area every jehovah's witness watched the simpsons it was like the edgiest thing we allowed ourselves to watch wow and you didn't really like you didn't talk about it at church because that was like you didn't want to offend other people and kind of like stumble them and stuff but like everyone watches so you kind of like talk to all your friends and stuff so i stayed cool through elementary school because i got to show up on monday and still talk about the simpsons um, nice. which is great it was like the thing thank goodness that my parents allowed that because i would have been a loser all through high school i i or, don't think they took a lot of shots at jehovah's witnesses there was one joke one i do remember amazing joke uh, i love that joke. what is the joke I, I might be thinking of a different joke there's a there's an episode where marge gets a fancy new doorbell yes and she is desperate for someone to ring it yeah and she's <laughs> waiting there and lisa comes up and she's like there's some jehovah's witnesses showing up and they get all the way up and they like get to the door and they're just like <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what if people don't want us to show up at their houses and tell them about God? And they're like, yeah, let's go get real jobs. And they throw their watchtowers <laughs> in the air and they walk away. And this is the line that, so all Jehovah's Witnesses love a good Jehovah's Witness joke. Oh, okay, that's good. Um, they love the Land Shark episode, like skit about Jehovah's Witnesses too. But the fact that she just goes, mm, I would have feigned interest <laughs> is like, just like that, like bust us up. We all love that. Like people actually would quote that in church because like feigning interest is all anyone does. And it's all you're asking I, them to do. I've only turned them away. The, the one joke that I remember is uh, it's a joke on Marge being so lonely. She tried to get Jehovah's Witnesses to stay in the house and they wouldn't stay for mm. lemonade or something yes. like that. Oh, yeah, man. That's that was the one I was thinking. Of. Yeah, I me completely too. completely forgot that that great doorbell joke of just them quitting right before they yeah. can ring a doorbell like they they are so screwed out of hearing a doorbell being rung. They- i have one final pre-show thing though so we've mm-hmm. all heard henry's tales of the tapes it's a classic uh, installment of talking simpsons <laughs> uh, i have my own tale of the tape and that oh. uh, i this could be sacrilege to henry but i stopped taping the simpsons when the syndication happened because i was like well i get like two episodes a day <sighs> i'll see the ones i like eventually and i could live with the cutscenes because the internet <sighs> exists and i could just read the transcript <sighs> and i know i know that they really happened but this episode was when I recorded in syndication because I love it so much. It's not my favorite episode, but I think I've watched it the most because it is such a gag-packed episode and has mm. one of my my most important moments in The Simpsons in it. Moment, we'll get to that. But oh um, I I really love this episode, and actually I watched it again because we just did a uh, live show two months ago. We just did it about the best jobs of Homer, and I think this was my favorite job. Yeah, I like him becoming a Smithers. It's pretty great. And they, uh, the behind the scenes on this was that I believe it was pitched by Mike Scully, but written by John Schwartzwalder. And Oakley Weinstein were surprised that this idea hadn't been done in the classic years of The Simpsons because it's such a 
they do a lot with it, but it's a kind of a stock sitcom plot of what if a character had another character's job, like the old switcheroo. It's an, it's an easy way to get a plot in a sitcom. And so they were shocked. This wasn't done in season three. So it's, it came from there and it's real grounded in the family, except when it isn't. And it gets yeah. Schwartzwaldery and crazy. It's, it's an interesting balance. Like another episode, Schwarzwelder written it's just all crazy as homie the clown which i love it's ridiculous throughout yeah, but this one is more balanced where it's like time for boring stuff at the home and now a spine is replaced with a steel rod and we're just <laughs> accepting that that's reality uh it's beautiful i so the opening here it's such an old school moment as well i bob i saw you on twitter pointed out the how close it is the the opening sound we had of burns reading off of his cue cards i mean part of his initial character was based on ronald reagan and ronald reagan had oatmeal brains and he would read (laughs) things off index cards that people would naturally remember but he couldn't and that was something they used for burns and i think no disgrace like home and team homer where he's reading people's names off index cards as he meets them or as Mm -hmm. he greets them when there's the great joke in Lady Bouvier's lover as well with the uh, where Smithers gives him the bad fake car that lists oh, the Simpsons as the Flintstones. That's right. That's right. So I guess it has appeared maybe three times, but yeah. it is kind of a poll for a characteristic they don't use that much. Well, and the the plant family night had been previously seen in Dance and Homer. Yeah, that's right. Where uh, they went to the baseball game though at that one burns could drink an entire 72 ounce tub of beer with homer instead of uh, teaspoons of beer i'm glad you pointed that out and i know we're delaying a lot before we get to the show but uh, i feel like this is the episode (laughs) that fundamentally infantilized mr burns i don't know if that's for the better or for the worse but the jokes about him from now on are like he's weak he's feeble and he doesn't know what's happening in the modern world but what they lost is his evilness like in this episode he has more of a kind-hearted soul because he cares about about Smithers' well-being, and he doesn't want to really hurt uh, Homer after Homer, you know, helps him become self-reliant. Like the old Burns would just shove Homer out of a window or have yeah. him have have goons like beat him up or something like that. Like he is uh, more likable, but also much more of a baby. Sorry, yeah. Jack. It's also like you say old old Burns, and old Burns is like three episodes ago yes. when he like called the dogs on Homer. Like it's, it's such a weird tonal shift. That is true. Yeah, but I feel like they. Th- the, like he peaked so much in Who Shot Mr. Burns that they really couldn't go back to that level of evil. So he just they just changed his character a bit and played with that. More. Yeah, they the he his super villainy went so far that they had to be like, we gotta tone this down. My theory is that like Reagan, <laughs> getting a shot like completely changed him and slowed him down. So mm. like I feel like that that could be something they did intentionally, or it just could be me being crazy. Though in this episode he suffers a wound far worse than one bullet. <laughs> yeah, like, he really should just be a a puddle. I mean. Burns has died, would have died many times, were this not a cartoon. (laughs) I love that the episode still has room for cute little mom jokes like this one. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an evening of exciting quarter-mile action, action, action. Our first race is a benefit for Daredevil Lance Murdoch, 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 who's hospitalized with cirrhosis of the liver, liver, liver. Yay! Liver! (laughs) Boy, it sure would be fun to carpool in one of those, huh, kids? I'd be a real hot rod mama, wouldn't I? Huh? Huh? You missed the race, mama. Hmm. I wish I'd pay more attention. <laughs> there are a couple of cruel jokes at Marge's expense in this first act that yeah. I, that I kind of like. <laughs> I, I like them. She gets shit on a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I've told the story eight million times. I won't tell it too long again. But I have been to the drag races once where it was to see 
the Bigfoot, and unfortunately, it was preceded by two hours of drag racing, which mm. is the loudest and worst thing ever. Yeah, it's just so boring. I went to the same deal. I went as probably this same year, like <laughs> as like a nine year old or so, and and went to see Grave Digger, yeah. who, who I was trying to see. But yeah, it was drag races at the beginning, mm-hmm. and all I remember is is me and my friend Austin turning to each other and screaming at the top of our lungs every time they went because we couldn't hear each other at all. And we thought that was the coolest thing that like drown that sound could drown out other sounds so completely God. that it was like you weren't screaming. How many children wow. are injured permanently at those just by being, oh, yeah. by witnessing it? My mom said she got tinnitus from it, from going to that. It was, well, and this was in a domed thing too. So it oh, was like so extra loud. Off of God. Yeah. And when was the last appearance of Lance Murdoch? It, it was, so there was one after Bart the Daredevil, I know, like another failed stunt. Uh, um, he was in the commercial for Duff Gardens. That's right, yeah. I'm going to Duff Gardens. And he will be seen again in Viva Ned Flanders or the Viva Ned Vegas. I forget the name of that one, but the uh, the one where they get two wives in Vegas. But I think he's an alcoholic uh, dealing with the, yeah. the pain of having every bone in his body uh, having been broken. I, I wouldn't fault him for that. Also, did you notice that Homer had pulled his foam cowboy hat out of story yes, oh, yeah. whacking day but no goofy ass look on his face like <laughs> when he's got that air horn that shot of him with yeah. the air horn one of the oh so great yeah that and i did find a 1948 ad for bioculars it was a term <laughs> at one time not for binoculars there's a lot of good old timey burns oh yeah like objects so and many products <laughs> And, so, and somehow his mom's uh, vocabulary is even more old-timey than his. <laughs> yes, I love... They had to pull out an even older thesaurus to write those <laughs> jokes. I also love that Burns' command of... Burns wants to have fun, but he also... He, he's looking for the fun of the common man this night, but he also refuses to not be in control. And so he's like, go, go! Slow down, slower. <laughs> it's just the, the glare between the two racers as they're all like... There's this interesting fluctuation this whole episode where Burns is simultaneously completely helpless and like unaware of (laughs) his life as a whole and also extremely controlling Mm. of everything around him. And they just flip flop like left and right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's. I guess that's the dichotomy of Burns, though, that he needs either Smithers. He's a he's a baby, but he's a destructive baby. He's a baby with infinite money. But I, <laughs> for the first time, I think I think I saw the. Uh, well, I, I know I saw. So one of the drag racers is Laramie cigarettes. The other one is Cop Stopper brand explosive bullets. You can barely read it. You have, to like, you have to like read it across two different shots. So that's it's a, a dark joke. Yeah. Cop Stopper. Wow. Yes. Wow. Uh, Cop Stopper brand explosive bullets. So for the Damn. first time, I noticed that they made they made simpsons change the joke on cop killer bullets in 92 so it's that was when bart bart wanted to join the nra so he could get cyanide tipped bullets as well but originally the line was cop killer bullets but fox is like you can't use that term i think it was too close to the la riots and Mm. um i guess cops were good then i don't know (laughs) were they (laughs) not really i mean what was that about (laughs) uh uh, but i also i love that burns doesn't understand a foam finger and that smithers is somehow able to buy a normal sized it is rather ostentatious (laughs) but uh this is when burns has a very scary encounter I love this so much. No, oh, this novelty foam hand is ludicrously oversized. Go swap it for a smaller one. It is a bit ostentatious, sir. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> hey, Bernsey! Ah, this was some swell shindig. Thank you very much. Smithers, what's happening? Ah, <laughs> right time. 
I just want to shake your hand. <laughs> Doesn't seem as funny to me, but what do I know? Uh. Smithers! Oh my god! should have seen the murderous glint in his eyes, Smithies. Yeah. And his breath reeked of beer and pretzeled bread. I'm so sorry, Mr. Burns. This was all my fault. Don't concern yourself. If things had turned ugly, I always had my mace. I, I love how he just withers at the sight of a thumbs up. He doesn't even know what to do. He says, Smithers, what's happening? When, when, a, man, when a man approaches his car. And sorry, the other thing I really like is... You think Smithers might hit him or throw him away or, like, throw him mm-hmm. to the ground. He just, like, gently, like, turns him around and, like, leads him away. <laughs> well, because Smithers knows. He knows the threat level. He doesn't misunderstand the like yeah. Burns does. It, it's Smithers. One of his many 1,800 tasks is to protect Burns from reality. And so he's just like, well, I know Mr. Burns thinks this is a scary monster. I'm just going to turn yeah. him away and goodbye, Lenny. Like, I just like the idea that, like, a couple beers in and Lenny is grateful for Mr. Burns. <laughs> like, like he, <laughs> Got dropped down a, a shaft of like a wild man. That's back. true. He had been nearly murdered. By he tried so hard not to say E and like <laughs> got ruined anyway. But yeah, yeah, he, uh, he could be like maybe eight beers in when he starts appreciating he's, Burns. You have to be pretty almost like blackout drunk. He's definitely slurring a lot. It's yeah. also got maybe like my top five like front facing Simpsons yeah. looks because he's also pressed up against the glass. <laughs> it's intentionally cursed. That yeah. is it's horrifying. But yeah, it's it's such a great little turn on the trope too of like getting drunk and telling off your boss that's what you think this scene is going to be but yeah. he's just drunkenly complimenting him lightly it's <laughs> funny I mean I've seen it a thousand times now so I know what's going to happen but I guess that was the intent like you think Lenny's going to be like I'm going to tell off that Mr. Burns once and for all <laughs> and instead he's telling him he's great and he had a great night and he's he's aggressive the the sound on dun, dun, the thumbs up is just beautiful I, I think of this scene anytime I, I hear about like a rich person confused about being around normal people i think of this like oh what he's doing something this person is talking to me go go away but although burns may be infantilized but he was this close of smashing lenny in the face with a mace that's true yeah he was or at least he seemed okay with doing it though i guess physically burns certainly couldn't lift that he really couldn't hurt lenny with that thing (laughs) but uh but smithers is beside himself for failing burns I love him just smashing his head while driving and and then calling, calling him on the line as well just to let him know he's still smashing himself in the head. This is um, Smithers trying to grovel his way back into Burns' heart. Good morning, sir. To make up for my failure last night, I alphabetized your breakfast. You can start with the waffles and work your way up to the Zwieback. And to prevent newsprint from rubbing off on your hands, I've laminated today's newspaper. I appreciate the thought, but my pen won't write on this. How am I supposed to do the junior jumble? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't even grovel properly. I'm a buffoon. I don't deserve to live on your planet anymore. <laughs> Pull yourself together, man. I dare say you're in need of a long vacation. No, don't make me take a vacation. Without you, I'll wither and die. That's a risk I'm willing to take. 
<laughs> yeah, Burns being this compassionate should seem off, but this episode makes it work. But previously, he wanted Smithers to be buried alive with him. So <laughs> yes, right. it's true. I think a David Merkin, a David Merkin era episode, would be like, "You need to work harder, Smithers," and mm. uh, I'm giving you extra work to do. Yeah, it would be more torturous, not yeah. forcing him to take a vacation. But I guess a vacation is torture for Smithers. You could read it as yeah. Burns wanting to hurt Smithers more by making him take a vacation and be sad. But it, it's more like it is that Burns sort of cares for him, or at least thinks he's doing his job worse and wants him to do it better yeah you know you good boss knows when your employees stopped like performing well enough <laughs> so it, it, it definitely is like selfish in nature mm-hmm. it was an embarrassingly long time before i got the swyback joke mm. like because just as a kid that was not a word i knew and i then, had to look then, it up i didn't and know then it. didn't process it for mm. years and i was like re-watching this episode and was like oh wow that one just totally laid by. <laughs> and i never even thought it was a joke worth figuring out I was just like, waffles should have come first. Yeah. (laughs) No, I I didn't know. You can still buy Zweibeck crackers. They're on Amazon right now if you want to try some for yourself, folks. You can still buy Postum. We'll get to Postum later. Yeah, Postum. But, I mean, it's it's a great joke as it is of just like, start with the waffles. So you're deconstructing like... Wait, it starts with the letter W? What words? Like, what is he eating? What else is on that plate? Yeah. It's amazing. And also, speak to that infantilization of Burns that he is, he does a junior jumble every day, which they extra stupid five, just like it's the and hog. Like, it's three letter words on the jumble. The jumble was low on my priorities as a comic page reader as a kid same here that and bridge which i did not understand like what what is this doing here how do you do this like who who is doing this yeah it would be once i got to family circus and dennis the Manus. if i still had energy for comic strips i might do the junior jumble just to figure out what the gag was in the one panel strip i only ever did the jumbles when i was at my grandparents house Mm. and so like there was no cable tv Mm. and there was nothing to do so it was like oh i'm doing newspaper things that's how desperate you were like yeah. yes i'll do the jumble i have nothing uh, i i also love Bert smithers exclamation of i don't deserve to be on your planet anymore oh, oh okay like he's yeah. a space alien almost <laughs> he's like this is your planet i don't deserve this the simpsons will be right back Sunday, 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 or whenever you're listening to this, we thank you for listening to Talking Simpsons. And you could also hear next week's episode a week early and ad-free if you went to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. There you'd find all of our episodes for just $5 a month, as well as tons of exclusives like interviews, Talking Futurama, Talking Critic, over 100 podcasts ready and waiting for you at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Our most recent interview was with Simpson legend David Silverman. He had been there from the shorts he had just written an episode back in april we cover his entire 30 plus year career with the simpsons in detail there not to mention you'll get week early access to what a cartoon our weekly podcast where we go through a different cartoon in the talking simpsons style batman the animated series king of the hill kill la kill star wars the clone wars venture brothers beavis and butthead and so much more you can check all of that out at patreon.com slash talking simpsons just five dollars a month. 
Okay, sure. You like Talking Simpsons. You like watching The Simpsons. But what about other shows? Well, you can find those on services like Hulu. Hulu.com is one of our newest sponsors. It is a preferred streaming site of mine. I definitely use it at least a couple times a week just to watch episodes of shows like Futurama for prep of these podcasts. But not to mention, I use it to watch things like anime and the most recent shows and even wrestling from time to time. Hulu has a surprisingly diverse group of content on there, not just the most recent TV shows. And you can sign up for it and get a free month trial of Hulu at tiny.cc slash TS Hulu. That's the Talking Simpsons Hulu offer. If you sign up for that free month, not only you get access to all the cool stuff that's on Hulu, but it's an easy way to support the show. Tiny.cc slash TS Hulu if you'd like to get a month free to try it out. appreciate you all around the scene the the like when he goes to drown himself in the water cooler just the the calmness of just like depressing the cold water thing <laughs> to remove the excess water in the tub is just like such an excellent yeah. little like non-joke in there you get the feeling this has happened before like yeah. the way he just matter of factly <laughs> goes over there and hits hits the lover yeah burns is just like oh boy yeah. again with this drowning himself in the thing i mean this is extreme for smithers well Smithers did become like a fall down drunk when he got fired by Burns the last time. So actually compared to this, he's not drunk. He's not watching Comedy Central. He didn't <laughs> buy a gun. Like it's, he's, Smithers is slightly better off in this one. <laughs> it's weird to see Burns belch, by the way, too. Like he, he gives a Barney belch. It's, it's very weird to see. It was weird that they reused the belch, the, yeah. just the belch sound. That's like, what every. That's how every person in Springfield belches like. It's just yeah, the, the one belch on file. I I wonder if Shearer also is like I'm not belching. Uh-huh. You know, just get get one of Dan's out of out of the cupboard. Pointed out on the commentary, but I love the meta ness of this scene of how oh. Smithers finds his replacement. There are like three or four meta jokes in this episode, which might be why I like it so much. I've got to find a replacement who won't outshine me. Perhaps if I search the employee evaluations for the word incompetent. 714 names. <laughs> Better be more specific. Lazy, clumsy, dim-witted, monstrously ugly. Ah, <laughs> oh, nuts to this. I'll just go get Homer Simpson. <laughs> and just like that, Homer is made the Smithers. I mean, he realizes he's in a TV show and yeah. he has to have Homer involved in some way. They say it on the commentary, too. They're just like, well, yeah, we all know. We just say, like... Fuck this. It, let's just get Homer. Duh, it's Homer. It wasn't throwing up their hands like, we don't need to find a way to get Homer into the situation. He just needs to be there, and we don't want to kill time with this justification. It's so. a TV show. Homer is going to have to be the... It's, it's obviously going to be Homer. It's not going to be Carl or Lenny or any other... or Charlie? No, it's going to be Homer. It's the show. And Smithers realizes that, so I love I love that lie. He's like... And I think, I think the next scene at the dinner table exists just to shit on Marge again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It exists for no other reason other than for Homer to tell the family what he's doing but the, the real point of that scene is like let's make fun of Marge again for, for things that are not her fault yeah she didn't know she missed the exposition and was saying it again yeah, I think it also is sort of an anti-sitcom joke where it's a character would not do that in a sitcom say the same thing on accident you mm-hmm. know while coming into the room 
but the Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. No, I think there's like three scenes at home with the family that almost feel tacked on. Not tacked on, but intentionally put there because after the first script, they're like, well, this isn't the Smithers show. It's the Simpsons. So why don't we show how the family reflects on this or how this is touching the family, even though really this is just about Smithers life. Honestly, it's not Homer is the the, the rest of the family has almost nothing to do with yeah. this, mm-hmm. which is kind of great. Which, and it makes it stand out mm-hmm. from other episodes that like you're just like, where wait, like I haven't heard from Lisa in a while <laughs> yeah. or, like, or Flanders or like anyone that I'm expecting to like hear from. What does Lisa think of Mr. Smithers? I, he's been nice to her in the past. Yeah. He betrayed her at the end of the Malibu Stacy episode. That's true. So I feel That's like true. they're kind of enemies. I, I blame capitalism. It was not Smithers fault. <laughs> you can't, who can resist But also she hat? knows his secret. Mm, yeah. she's not she's not really like spilling it well as a secret <laughs> well as an eight-year-old i mean i guess she does know it but yeah she maybe doesn't understand the weight of it though who do, it seems like everyone in springfield should know it and yet doesn't uh whenever i've had a new job i think i definitely and had it explained <laughs> to me i've had a this is the chair moment as well um is this the chair i'll be sitting on yeah now i realize caring for mr burns seems like a big job but actually it's just 2800 small jobs. Uh-huh. But this is the chair, right? Your new duties will include answering Mr. Burns' phone, preparing his tax return, moistening his eyeballs, assisting with his chewing and swallowing, lying to Congress, and some light typing. <laughs> Montgomery Burns' office. Oh, hello, Mrs. Burns. I'll see if your son is available. Mr. Burns has a mother? She must be a hundred million years old! <laughs> she has limited capacities. All she can do is dial and yell. I'm sorry. Monty can't come to the phone right now. He's in a very important meeting and can't be disturbed. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that sound. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I'll give him the message. Mr. Burns can't stand talking to his mother. He never forgave her for having that affair with President Taft. (laughs) Taft, you old dog. Now, I think the joke about Taft is he, at at one point in history, was the world's fattest president. I'm not trying to fat shame anybody, but I think Trump... He's got to have the record by now. I mean, you see what he's wearing now. He's like, he's wearing like... Like he's a sultan or something. That, that's the clothes he's wearing. Like that's, the clothes are nine times it's very too big. Roomy, so you don't know. Clothes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Taft was heavy in a 1900 type of way. Yeah. not America now. That's true. But also, like, I mean, I guess I'm I'm thinking of like what are probably drawings of Taft and not photographs because, <laughs> but like he always seemed much more rotund. Yeah, like, I think of him as nearly spherical. Like he ate Wonka gum. He was the Kirby like, of presidents. Yeah. <laughs> like the the story was they had to install a new bathtub in the White House mm. for a, a, a unit his size. Though also another fact about him. Oh, I only know that stuff about Taft because it was a very dumb joke on Capital Critters. Oh, wow, uh, Capital Critters! I know no one watched. You that. remember I, something is, from Capital Critters? Is that Critters? the next What a Cartoon? <laughs> uh, <laughs> down the line, I think I'd be interested in doing one just to revisit yeah. how misguided it is. So the uh, the street smart rat, voiced by Charlie Adler. Uh, it, it, Capital <laughs> sorry, Critters. I like Charlie Adler, but. Yeah. Not that Charlie Adler. No. Uh, so, uh, Capital Critters, in case you don't know, is about the many vermin that live inside the White House. Haha, <laughs> get it? Uh, but in one of the plots, a the painting of Taft falls on the Charlie Adler guy, and then he constantly just makes fat jokes about Taft of like, he's the heaviest president and it fell on me, which like, it's such a dumb joke because 
the heaviness of the person does not make it a heavier painting, but it was just like every fat Taft joke you could fit in a in a sitcom for no reason. Very topical. Wasn't yeah. Grover Cleveland also notable for being fat? Yeah, he was a big boy, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I, I got to think Trump is the oldest and the heaviest president ever. I think those are both just facts like he's uh I mean, not like, to get like i don't think we should rate rank people by weight but i really want to know <laughs> yeah. where all the presidents rank mm-hmm. starting and ending i mean they their doctor visit well you remember he they <laughs> oh, released right. his official weight and they're like no no, no he's two he's like 180 pounds yeah. yes. <laughs> he's uh 17 feet tall <laughs> yeah so you've got no that's about as real as weights in pro wrestling it's not though another fact about taft people don't know is that after his presidency from 1921 until his death in 1930 he was a chief justice of the supreme court ah. he had become that after almost nothing happens with ex-presidents now other than like they just they go into obscurity and do a bunch of speeches and eventually die like that said you don't do more in public office after that but i remember after as obama's administration was nearing the end some people were like what about him to the supreme court huh or michelle to the supreme court but barack obama can do a lot of things he maybe doesn't want to be a supreme court justice for the rest of his life <laughs> may want to take Probably a break not. yeah I, he's well i mean he is taking a break he's having a pretty nice time that bastard i want to i want to windsurf in hawaii too uh well, become friends with Richard Branson. And maybe uh, he can. No but, deal. Uh, Monty's mother is amazing. I love that she's still alive. She's 122, meaning that she was born. If this is 96 you're doing it, then she was born in 1874. Yeah, and we get a definitive age for Burns later, which was mm-hmm. very important to me as a young Simpsons nerd. Like the lore, like that. I love the lore in these uh, in season seven and eight. They love uh, building on Simpsons lore and also like drawing back into Simpsons lore and like you know building from there too. And his mother still being alive is no real discontinuity, but it does imply that she came back into his life after he abandoned her and Bobo at, at the beginning of Rosebud, if you recall, when he leaves them, uh, both his mother and father in the past. Uh, they, uh, I mean, she may have just come back. And to his life maybe later. he feels some uh, sort of a responsibility after almost killing her he did pull <laughs> the on her yeah. 50 years in 1946 yeah <laughs> uh but the i don't know it's cutely humanizing of burns too of just to like like things like his falling asleep yeah like that's just a real like we i think we've all had that our job at, at an office job is just like gotta stay awake no, well, no, I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> and even he has a relatable fear, like mm-hmm. a uh, an oppressive uh, like uh, parent in his life that's still in his <laughs> life despite him being 100 years old. <laughs> this is like the first and maybe only time that you can even classify Burns as, as cute. There are multiple yeah. moments in here yes. where he is like, cute yeah and it's weird yeah they'd only do so many jokes about his disgusting body like there's not too many in this it's, they get those out of the way pretty quick like yeah. in one in one scene but. in one scene yeah and this episode kills a running gag in the simpsons <laughs> but i gotta say they at least get one last good one out of it i love it really smithers <laughs> i'll be fine i'm sure your replacement will be able to handle everything who is he anyway uh homer simpson sir one of your organ banks from Sector 7G. All the 
recent events of your life have revolved around him in some way. <laughs> Simpson, eh? Uh, I still love that. But they play with that later. Uh, so after Smithers leaves, uh, he he mistakes Homer for Smithers. Like, he Smithers, still... you look awful. <laughs> and then, And then at the end of the episode, it's like, did you, uh, you know, get that brood who attacked me in my office? Like, he still doesn't know who Homer is even after Homer worked with him and went to his house. Like, he still forgets who Homer is at the end. That's true. I'm going to blame brain injury yeah. for that at the end. Yeah. But, but I do think this is the last time they do a Burns doesn't remember Homer joke. Like, I don't, at least in the, the good years I watched anyway. Yeah, I mean, the last ver- a real version of this joke was in Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1 where they're looking at the uh, the picture at in the chocolate box and mm. Smithers is, uh, he's act- actually, Burns is recognizing the Simpsons, all mm. except for Homer, so he does remember the family, but just not Homer. Yeah, and uh, then we get a cute little joke about fire, which is more visual, but <laughs> uh, I just love that he's, the Smithers, the Smithers just runs away as he asks about fire, like, oh, I can't hear you, and just gone, and the it's one of the best gif moments in Simpsons history of Homer turning to see Burns' office full of fire. That's just such a beautiful shot. <laughs> I want to know shot. how that started. Yeah, he was not yeah. smoking or anything. <laughs> I mean, I think Burns just lights things on fire all the time around him, and Smithers just immediately puts them out every day. Like Maybe it was the power drill he keeps uh, plugged in by his desk at all times. <laughs> just when in he's case high on he ether. needs to get lu- lucky charms <laughs> yeah. out of something. <laughs> God, I... So... Then another, there's there's many jokes in this episode of just like that remind me of office work and being like trying to impress a boss or or do the right thing even at a job you're underqualified for. And I I, I think of this too anytime I'm given a list of things to do that I do not remember. <laughs> Good Lord, Smithers, you look atrocious. I thought I told you to take a vacation. Uh, Smithers already left, sir. I'm his replacement, Homer Simpson. Ah, uh, Simpson. I'll have my lunch now. A single pillow of shredded wheat, some steamed toast, and a dodo egg. But I think the dodo went extinct. Get going and answer those phones, install a computer system, and rotate my office so the window faces the hills. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> um... Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Uh, the things? I was thinking a lot about <laughs> steamed toast after watching this again. Like, what is it? It kind of defeats the point of toast because toast is dry and then you're steaming it afterwards. Man, so Yeah. It's, is it just damp yeah. bread? Is that all it I is? I mean, the other two things are real. One is extinct. But steamed <laughs> toast is just like a Burns invention. Yeah, I think uh, it's... I, I, it must be even below melbified toast. It's uh-huh. just the the gooeyest of toast. Well, I think I don't think Burns can eat things like he. It's true. But I, I hear a single sh- pillow of shredded wheat. I think like one piece of cereal from a box of shredded wheat. Like that's what I think of. Oh, I think the the big yeah. one. So like in my oh, house, okay. like another another like grandma thing. Like she had the big shredded wheat, and they were like like. It's like a brick. Yeah, it was like a brick sized thing. Okay. It was just like I shredded bet that's wheat. More and that's thing, why yeah. that's why it was mini shredded wheats. Yeah, that's right. It was uh, it was an innovation. Like... It's like finally I don't have to cut up my shredded wheat myself. <laughs> yeah. Innovation is happening in America. Uh, kids kids. And it don't came like... in frosted too. You yeah. can get a giant God. frosted thing. How it's could just... you eat that without frosting? I, I don't even know. It just it's just like eating a tumbleweed or something. It's yeah. it's gross. It's it's grandma food. Yeah. It's Yeah, it's right there next to the grape nuts. <laughs> Well, clearly it's not keeping Burns regular with his multiple needs of boweling. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was unpleasant. Uh, but okay, so Homer, this is a point they bring up multiple times on the commentary, and it, it is important that 
Homer's bad at his job, but it's not for lack of trying. Like, Homer's not lazy in this. He's actually trying very hard, but he's also bad. Like, Homer's yeah. not good at his job. And Oakley and Weinstein, who ran uh, 7 and 8, uh, they really wanted to soften Homer and make him less of a horrible, murderous food monster. <laughs> and the fact that he cares about his job is interesting, and it makes you kind of root for him, you know? Mm-hmm. He could just not care and shirk it and just do a bad job because he's lazy, but he actually wants to do a good job, but he's stupid. He's waking up at 4.30 a.m. Lousy two-legged pants. Oh, it's 4.30 in the morning. Little Rascals isn't until 6. I know. I'm taping it. I want to get to Mr. Burns' house bright and early to make his breakfast. Mm, Poor homie. Poor, poor. That Little Rascals joke is very observational because I remember the only time I would see the Little Rascals is when I would be sick and like up at 4.30 in the morning and just mm. feverish. And there was like, here's filler TV. Here's Three Stooges. Here's Little Rascals. Yeah. Here's like old black and white shorts. Yeah, it was back in that time before, like when, when every station stopped going off air before there was ever programming for it. Yeah. And so it was just like, yeah, like old black and white stuff would just be mm. on at like super early times of the day. It was cheap or free. The, yeah. the public domain things. Yeah. I only recall watching them on the rare times that either we were going on like a family vacation and we had an early flight or or if it was like a school trip, it's like, well, you got to be at the school at 6 a.m. So get up at like 5 or 4.30. And that's when that is the only time you'd see Little Rascals on, like, TNT or something. Oh, yeah. Actually, TNT was built on reruns no one really asked for. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, they sort of, uh, when they launched, they're like, we got the Muppet Show. We got Little Rascals. Uh, That's all we got. Well, then Homer loves the Little Rascals, which is, that's perfect for Homer's, like, taste level being awful. Like, the Little Rascals sucks beyond... Beyond just, like, the dated racism and stereotype in it, they just were boring. Like, I hated... If if I saw Little Rascals in place of a cartoon on something I was watching, I was like, come the fuck on here, they guys. Were, they were made for an audience experiencing the Great Depression, though, so <laughs> they didn't need much to be entertained. That's true. Fun anecdote. Uh, when I was in daycare as a small kid, or, like, well, like kind of like the after-school one, mm-hmm. so, like, stay at this woman's house until I'm ready to come pick you up, because <laughs> my yeah. parents worked... But it was like also a daycare, so there'd be like babies and toddlers and stuff too. The woman's adult son who lived there had all the little rascals on tape. Oh, that's a, that's a red flag. Yeah, <laughs> it's a super red flag. And I remember like kind of like looking at them and being like, oh, I like that character. And he had serious opinions about the quality <laughs> of little rascals by era. Oh my god! Wow. And so I was like, I want to watch this one. Who's Froggy? And he'd be like. Froggy's one of the worst additions to the cast. <laughs> These things. He also taught me how to download ROMs and emulators, though. So, like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I also, agree. Yeah. That dude's that dude's probably in prison. That guy's got to be in prison. He's editing the Wikipedia from prison. Probably. <laughs> Boy, I do agree with him. Froggy is a one-note character. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best little rascal? Uh, Spanky. Sure. He's awesome. Yeah. So, wait, that's the... the l- Rounder one. Wait. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I was that guy. Okay. <laughs> no. No. I'm just kidding. No. Uh, yeah. Spanky's like the chubby boy. Okay. Yeah. He's the second banana to Alfalfa. Yeah. Oh, okay. I always considered him first banana. Uh, Alfalfa always felt like the sidekick to me. Spanky Alf- was the leader. He punched things. Alfalfa was really the Doug of the show. <laughs> yeah. Alfalfa. I only know Alfalfa because he was the star of the movie. The the where they tried to make Oof. to modernize Little Rascals in the post Home Alone world. They're like, mm-hmm. well, the Home Alone generation 
Nation is ready for the new Little Rascals, and Buckwheat will be the same. Like, we're gonna... that, uh, And Whoopi Goldberg will be there to tell you it's okay now. Yeah, that... I Oh, also, that scene there. The acting on Julia, the snoring, is so good. Like, she's really good at that. That's the second time we've seen Marge disinterested in someone having to get up early. The other time when Bart had to go help uh, Skinner look for Mm. the... uh, look for the star yeah and she was telling him to wash off a stuffed pepper in the garbage oh, was trash from last night yeah. <laughs> rinse it off uh so homer gets there and he has somehow never made breakfast in his life and that's another great just series of clips of homer lighting things on fire and then just is like mm? he's eaten breakfast before but his idea of breakfast is a kebab <laughs> yeah which is not true. traditionally a breakfast item in america uh well I, you know what even when he made his out of this world patented moon waffles. moon waffles that was on a stick yeah. like he put the butter through a stick as well that's his that's his go-to thing but the it's almost a cheap Family Guy esque gag, but I do love the cornflakes going yeah. on fire. There's no reason they should, other than that Homer is just so bad at it. And then he just gives up and goes to Quickie Mart to buy breakfast, the usual breakfast trash. And obviously, the joke is that donuts are not an ethnic food, or he's so old that he sees them as new and ethnic. But what is there a root to that joke, you guys? So donuts are Dutch, uh, by, yeah. by definition. I'm, but like again, I wouldn't say that Dutch is an ethnic food but like, if you were born but in if, 1880 right. yeah he could yeah. have old-timey racism or just uh, he only remembers donuts from when they were new and like what is this crap yeah <laughs> i mean you hear a bangers and mash he's just like this ethnic food new like let alone something from a non-european country but i i do like the joke about i mean it's a very cheap uh vaudeville style joke but uh <laughs> how are my stocks doing they all won <laughs> oh yes donuts I told you I don't like ethnic food. Here, tell me how my stocks did yesterday. Uh, they all won. Hmm? What about my options? Well, you can either get up or go back to sleep. I believe I'll get up. <laughs> Scrub harder. Got to get that layer of dead skin off. <laughs> I think the fangs today. Yeah, it is sort of, it's a joke about Homer being stupid, but when I look at the stock page in a newspaper, which I never do, it's just like, what does any of this mean? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're watching the news, which I don't do anymore. It's like all the stocks scrolling across the screen. Like, what is this? What does this mean to anybody? That stuff Somebody breaks has to your know. brain. Yeah. Well, my dad was super into it because as I would learn later, like stocks are a form of gambling. It's just mm-hmm. more gambling. So he loved it. Oh, yeah. And uh, and he would always have CNBC before Fox News really entered into his life and, and made things even better for him. Uh uh, he he always had on CNBC and was watching the stock ticker. And the most confusing thing to me watching him watch it was they had the top one that was white that would go a little faster than the bottom one that was blue that had different types of stocks. And they just went Weird. so fast. The only time I ever looked at that stock market page was when in the early 90s, my dad had Marvel Comics stock. Ooh. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like I have Marvel Comics stock and I'm going to look for MRV on this page and see where they're at today and just like hunting over <laughs> the page. I know our, uh, I hate to bring this up again, but our very relatable to the common man president is always like, the stock market is this number today i'm like i i don't know what this means is that a good number yeah it's, it's, i mean it's I guess... ultimately meaningless yeah because the numbers can fluctuate and can tank and 
and honestly, we decide what happens yeah, then. Yeah, it's like it's, maybe we have a cr- an economic crash, or maybe we all go, no, this one's fine, and we yeah. just don't. <laughs> we, we decided the money is worth more now. We refuse to accept this. Yeah. I, I love the Marx Brothers style pacing of that joke too. Yeah. But that Burns goes along with the joke, which that's that's why it kind of reminds me of Marx Brothers. One of my favorite Marx Brothers jokes or scenes in any Marx Brothers film. I'm a big Marx Brothers fan. I like them way more than Little Rascals. Uh, that it's when it's Groucho versus Chief because they both are they both have to have comedic personalities usually you're used to like oh Groucho is making fun of this square or Chico's making fun of this square but when it's the two of them having joking barbs to each other that's even funnier to me like that's where the classic uh and this right here's the sanity clause ah there ain't no sanity clause <laughs> okay you're right I'll just pull it out here that is good I- and, and that's kind of how Burns he goes with it too it's like I think I'll get out of bed. Like he doesn't say like, wait, what? What yeah. are you talking about? I think like Jack was saying, that's another like that is a cute Burns moment where he just he's yeah. friendly and pleasant about. He's it. yeah. like, I believe I'll get up. Yeah, he, he just takes it. He's just like, okay, those yeah. are my yeah. options. He reflects. So like they, they're working so hard to make Homer lovable oaf versus violent oaf <laughs> yes. versus later in the episode, and that he just kind of like reflects it back to him is <laughs> is kind of endearing. Yeah, it's, it's a cute, it's cute to see him have the exchange there. This, this also is another follow-up on a classic Simpsons moment, which is Smithers bathes Burns, like oh, yeah. that was yeah. in Ringo Starr. for the greatness. Yes, yeah, which uh, as Burns said, Smithers is like a doctor. He, <laughs> he's fine with Smithers being there and seeing him naked. And, uh, and dollar... I guess Homer, too. He's fine with it, too. Was that also in Dollar Sign Springfield, the uh, casino one? Is that how sp- uh, he had his de- near-death experience, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When Bart was... Uh, no, that's Burns' heir. It's, uh, it's when, okay. it's also when he's scrubbing him with a four-corner sponge and it's cutting him up. <laughs> he needed us. Need a rounded sponge. And he puts the sponge on his top hat he, yes. he wears when he's in the bathtub. While eating extra fancy chips. And I also love the uh, the running gag in this episode that Burns needs his mouth closed for him. <laughs> he can't, can't close his own mouth. And uh, then we get some, some more quick jokes. Bohomer's terrible report on uh, Mr. Johnston or John Stone. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying and I like that it, the idea that his his idea of a report is based on like a grade school like like what a grade schooler would <laughs> yes. think like here yeah. are all the facts about this department that you wanted <laughs> and, and it's on the third floor yeah. and the, the way Burns crumples it up while staring at him also the look on Homer's face when he's just staring at the wall while yeah. Burns is like Samson <laughs> Samson <laughs> oh, it's beautiful and uh, then Burns uh, gets some messages yeah. here is this is this line of the show it is, and it it's also very vaudeville. Be, right? That's the joke. Here are your messages. You have 30 minutes to move your car. You have 10 minutes. Your car has been impounded. Your car has been crushed into a cube. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Hello, Mr. Burns' office. Is it about my cube? It's <laughs> Mr. Smithers. He's calling for you. How's everything going there, sir? <laughs> well, I have a lot of free time on my hands. If you FedEx me your mail, I'd be happy to open it and return it to you. Everything's fine, Smithers. This Simpson fellow seems to be getting dumber by the minute. I've never seen anything quite like it. Anywho, you just enjoy your vacation. I do like uh, Smithers standing awkwardly on the beach with a briefcase mm-hmm. like while people are having fun around him. And so there, there are three scenes with Smithers at this resort. And the first scene, you could be like, well, he's just having fun on the beach. But it, there are only men there. So mm-hmm. and then the second scene is like he is in a gay club. The third scene is like, no, he is in like a, a very... 
a gay friendly place. Like they escalate the level of gayness every time. Yeah. I I read it as Fire Island, the classic oh, yeah, gay yeah. resort of the uh, ever since the seventies. Off of uh, I guess it's off of New York. Like it's, it's that's where it's next to. But though there's I mean there's. There's newer and hipper places for gays to go on vacations. I don't know. I'm not a rich gay. I have not gone on the gay vacations yet. Uh, I guess what? There's Mykonos and Greece. I've heard of that one. Anyway, this it feels like classic Fire Island to me in that it's like, you know, it's kind of sandy, but like an Atlantic island too. Yeah, I can with, see that. And uh, I also love that the, the circular logic of that smithers wants to open his mail for him so he needs to be mailed his mail so then he can open it and mail it back to burns but burns would then have to open that mail to get his opened mail defeating the purpose of opening mail well maybe smithers thinks homer is is not too stupid to mail mail an item (laughs) like homer will do well he did fail to do that in who shot mr burns part one (laughs) that's true (laughs) so i I think smithers should know he's too stupid i I also love homer's excited like he's calling for you (laughs) of course he is it's Burns' phone and yes is his car it's such a great exchange of like your car has been crushed into a cube and just burns his facial expressions throughout all of it as it's changing like i'm shocked i'm angry i've given up i'd like to know about my cube where is it i do like the logic of that like they didn't take his car somewhere to be crushed they crushed it wherever it was parked and they left the cube (laughs) there i never oh my god that's even better yeah uh also, with regards to Smithers' portrayal as being gay on the show, too, I think this, they definitely said before, like in Sideshow Bob Roberts, Smithers said he couldn't re- support Bob's platform because it clashed with his choice of lifestyle, was his term. So in that episode, they definitely were making it clear of like, Smithers is gay. He is not just attracted to Burns. He is a gay. He is gay. But they still kind of played around. I know Al Jean said in his version, his viewpoint at the time was Smithers is a Burnsosexual. If Burns was a frog, he'd be attracted to frogs. That's how Algene put it. But this makes it very clear that like now Smithers is gay, and among the men he's attracted to is Mr. Burns. Yeah, he's number one. Yeah, <laughs> Burns is number one with a bullet. But he also, I mean, like they'll they'll make it extra clear in Homer's phobia episode. Not that this doesn't make it one hundred percent clear. But he's I I also love in that episode that they make sure that Smithers like is not just pining away for Mr. Burns and not leading not having dates of his own with with folks like he does with John in Home Homer's phobia. He's having fun as best he can, but he still has to check in every time we see him <laughs> yeah. having some sort of fun. That would probably prevent him from having a long term relationship with even another <laughs> man who did, let alone the the uh, failed marriage he had with. I guess uh, Elizabeth Taylor in that flashback in Secrets of a Successful Marriage. Was that a mix of two uh, different Tennessee Williams things? It was Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and then yeah. it became Streetcar. That's right, that's right. That Man, they love right. those references. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so poor Homer being told he's getting dumb by the minute. You can just see the look on his face like, ow. <laughs> like he's really, it's really hurting his feelings. And it's also really sad to see him get ordered around by the kids. But I, I also, this is a scene that feels more like a Mike Scully scene than Schwarzwelder to me of just like, this isn't silly extremes. This isn't old timey stuff. It's the kids goofing on Homer of just like, 
uh, hey dad help us out here like or do this uh simpson do this like it's it's cute that they're ordering him around reminds me a lot of the the very tired homer from lisa's pony when he's right. uh, having to work at the quickie mart and just a zombie at home yeah it, like how bart ordered him around at the quickie yeah. mart too i wonder too how much the writers were drawing from uh being <laughs> exhausted at working many late nights on the simpsons i think they were all childless at this point except Not for mike, like, scully. Oh, mike scully yeah. yeah his five daughters were crying at home <laughs> as the family is messy with him that like you expect bart to be like do my homework but lisa's just like drive me to the library <laughs> like to her sleep deprived father who's like about to pass out i love that that's her like rebellious act like your dad can't refuse what are you gonna ask it's different levels of cruelty like a a more at first you think lisa is just being her like truly good self is just like bart don't abuse dad but instead she's like well, a small thing like a trip to the library, that's not cruel. It's abusive, but the request is wholesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then Marge is being the is being more of like the lawful good of just still ordering home around, but just to make him sleep. And I feel so bad for him that he gets to close his eyes for like two seconds before having to go back to work. It's such a ridiculous joke of the super megaphone. That's yeah. such a good sight. Yeah, I love it. I wish it was more than 48 rings, though, because I feel like it would take like a couple hundred rings for Homer to get to Mr. Burns' place, unless they like are blocks away from each other. By my calculations. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, for- 48 rings, if you say it takes five seconds per ring. Yeah then that's basically five minutes yeah and that i guess if homer homer drove straight there at like 100 miles an hour i guess it depends on how far burns's mansion is from homer which changes from day to day in yeah episodes. everything is just outside their backyard when they need it to be right? yes yeah, yeah. i and they almost make it seem like homer just ran from his house straight to burns's <laughs> even not even driving and uh, but yes there's the phone has been ringing for quite a while <laughs> the telephone has been ringing for some time answer it <laughs> yellow <laughs> it's for you mr barnes 48 rings are you all right what did simpson do to you do nothing other than drive me to distraction with his incompetent boobery terrible at everything <laughs> a complete moron but i'm not really free to talk right now <laughs> now look stop calling me and start enjoying your vacation remember I want to see lots of pictures when you get back. Ah, uh, actually, sir, picture taking is not allowed at this particular resort. Oop, I gotta go now. There's a line forming behind me. So younger me was not processing that scene. Yeah, like no, I remember no. my parents. I me- like I distinctly remember my dad going, "Oh," and like kind of laughing, and my mom laughing and being like, "What?" and then being like, "Nothing." Hearing relax immediately is sort of the gut punch joke they were going for. Like it's like if you if you weren't sure what's happening, here is like a, a huge cue for you. Hearing Frankie goes to Hollywood is yeah. couldn't broadcast it any louder of just like this is a gay bar. Like people, I, no one in 1996 other than gays were true. listening to that song anymore. At least in America, as a, as a teen, as like a 13 or 14 year old watching this, I I first assume that. The thing Smithers said about not not taking pictures meant there was like salacious things happening at the club, and that was actually true. But watching it like as an doll, I'm like, no, he just doesn't want to be out. Mm-hmm. And these pictures, any pictures would show that he is out. Like right. yeah. Yeah. anyone else, it's pretty yeah. common practice in places like on Fire Island back then that just it was there were no photos and stuff, and it was pre smartphones and yeah. things, so mm-hmm. easy to enforce. It was now much easier to be in the closet man. back then. Yeah. No, the, uh, well, even just a tame photo, it would just be like, well, this is all men. Like, there's yeah. no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't need to be a photo of sex. And I, 
the Frankie goes to Hollywood. Let me say, as somebody who has uh, karaoke, uh, relax. You, it is, it is very shocking how law. How many times they say <laughs> "come" at the end of that? Like mm. "come," they just say it over and over and over. What's again. Frankie getting a, getting to here? It's it's shocking mm. that on MTV they just played that straight. But no pun intended. But that they just played that on the air with nobody getting it or not enough people getting it. I guess the T-shirt was Frankie says relax should have been Frankie says come. Yeah, he, he says it so. He much. says it a lot. I also like how despite the fact that conga music is playing, Smithers says there's a line forming behind me as if to be like it's just a lot people want to use the phone so he's lying on top of that even though there's obvious conga line (laughs) music happening that burns has to hear i like that when he finally lets go of that phone then he gets into the dance yeah it's it's just to see smithers relax he's let go he has like a bit he's 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 put on his hawaiian shirt and again yeah another softening of burns where burns actually cares about smithers vacation and wants to see like i want to see you having fun smithers so yeah yeah it's clearly just a setup for the joke, but it was a weird little like yeah. additional like Burns is caring. There's also a lot of uh, original characters in the background oh, yeah. of that one scene. That That's was true. like I was like one of the first times I was like. I don't recognize any of these people who are all these characters. Like I, my favorite of the random people in the background is, there's a guy who's like kind of making like an Ooh face as he's dancing, like two arms up in the air. Like, Ooh, <laughs> like he's, he's really getting into Frankie goes to Hollywood. I think and, all of those characters would appear in the gay steel mill. Yeah. Uh, next year. <laughs> no, <laughs> but though I would say, you know, I, this is a little stereotypical. I guess the joke is like, Oh, it's gay guys in a club, but I would say, especially if you compared these characters to any sitcom plot about being gay in the 1990s, like this is, I would say, nicer for sure than I. I think half of the episodes of Friends were about like, what if they think I'm gay? Uh oh, that was that was half of what happened to Chandler on that show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, I and might have to go to the gym with them in the shower. <laughs> oh, I I didn't mean for. Oh, you thought I was. Ca- oh, I thought you were. Ca- oh man. Oh. <laughs> Aside from an episode dedicated entirely to gay panic, The Simpsons mm. has generally avoided it. <laughs> well, and I liked on that episode that the Homer's phobia. They hired a gay. They hired a gay icon to do it, and that John Waters is like. It's actually one of the few times he's just played a gay man on a show too. He usually his movies are not gay. I mean, they are gay, but they do not they do not feature gay characters pretty much at all. They're right. they're about straight people and how fucked up they are, <laughs> uh, especially Baltimore. It's true. Homer's getting it every which way from Burns. He can't take it anymore. This this entire run against him is great in it, and it crescendos like perfectly. <laughs> Sixty watts. What do you think this is? A tanning salon? I asked for light starch on my nightcap. <laughs> <laughs> You call this postum? You call this a tax return? You call this a supercomputer? <laughs> You're a travesty of a joke of an assistant. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, that that's like one of the most important moments in The Simpsons is uh, Homer punching out Mr. Burns. Yeah. I feel like they they went there is what I'll say. Like, you never thought that would happen, I think, on The Simpsons. It's a major moment. And in real 
real life, Homer's in jail now. Like he is, he is assaulted a rich man. You're done. Yeah, like, you're, you're never getting out. And uh, watching this in podcaster <laughs> research mode, I was like, they sort of justified in that Burns is kind of physically attacking Homer. He throws a book at his head and throws pencils at him, and That's like shoves. True. Like, Burns is getting physical first. I don't think yeah. Homer should have punched him as much as I would like to see that happen. Yeah. But he was within, within his rights to fight back <laughs> in some way. It's it's interesting how upon rewatching it, when the punch happened, I was like, oh yeah, fuck that dude. And yeah. then when we get to like the next scenes, all of a sudden I'm like, oh no, that was mm. so wrong what you did. And it was weird to feel that way. Like definitely yeah. didn't feel that way at the time because it was burned. <laughs> and honestly, I'm like, and I'm removed from it because also like I didn't watch, like I haven't gone through everything by then when you're like, no, seriously, screw that guy and yeah, everything yeah. he does. He stole Homer's trophy. <laughs> like he tried to steal <laughs> Maggie's right. candy. Like he's awful. Um, but yeah, it was it was weird. It's a weirdly sympathetic Burns episode mm. in a way that I wasn't expecting. They make you sit in the moment of the punch for a very long time. It's it's it almost becomes like in a dramatic film when you see like a shocking moment of like that guy killed that other guy. Like I didn't think that lead character would be killed. And you just are sitting with the character for a long time of just like. <gasps> Oh my God! Oh no! Like it's it's hyper dramatic. Yeah, I do love Homer running out the door and like a smash cut to him running inside of his own house and slamming the door behind <laughs> him. But another thing is like I was thinking about the plotting of this episode. I always forget like I my brain wants to think that the punching of Mister Burns is like the second act break, and then the third act break is what happens after the punch. It's like no, there's still a lot that happens, and the the uh, the third act is all about uh, Burns being self reliant and Smithers trying to find mm. his place in the world. Yeah, it's a, it's like the middle of the episode, but instead of the second act break which you think something that major would have been saved for that but that also lets you take more time and live in it too if if it had been homer punching and then running out and then commercial break i think i would have made it even less dramatic and it it would have sucked out more of the feeling of the moment too i think Mm -hmm. and that in real life if you punch a 104 year old person in the face they are likely dead his head would have flown off (laughs) yes yeah their their skull would have caved in i Right before that, in just all those things, the animation on like poking Homer with his overstarched nightcap yes. is beautiful, and postum, which uh, Bob, did you do the postum research? Is uh, this, you know? Yes, I did. It's a caffeine-free alternative to coffee, which is very mm. popular amongst the Mormon people. Um, uh, it was it was developed in 1895, but the instant version, which is what I guess everyone uses these days, was uh, uh, came out in 1912. So it is a very of the era. Mr. Burns, mm. he would be familiar with the this new product, postum. <laughs> And the I, I also was researching post to look it up and never had. I was surprised to learn that like that's the product that made post. The reason really? you know okay. post post is, is called post because of postum. Because of postum and that's wow. why it's a company that is successful. Like postum <laughs> made them. Postum wow. just sounds gross. I wouldn't want to put that in my body. I don't yeah. I don't know why. Just it sounds vile. <laughs> it was discontinued in two thousand seven by Post and then Post sold it off to Eliza Quest's Food Corporation and they then put it back in Prints or however you'd say they started manufacturing it again. You can buy Postum on Amazon, right, with these Wybeck crackers, and Ooh. you can eat just like Mr. Burns and see see how it feels. I'm <laughs> curious what it tastes like. I mean, it's just you put powder in hot water, like it's tastes it's brown. Coffee, probably not very. It tastes good. like brown, yeah. yeah. You, have, you have to chase it with some steam toast. But uh, I, I will say, <laughs> listeners, pay attention because as Burns becomes more self rely and he helps his caffeine intake so he's he's, coffee's too intense for him at this old man level but he goes from coffee 
from postum to coffee to cappuccino throughout this episode. Wow, I didn't That's think right. of that way. Yeah. I also do blame Burns. Like he's used to Smithers doing everything for him, but Homer does not know how to do taxes or build a computer. Like that tax return was huge, by the way. <laughs> yes, I mean Burns does have a lot of holdings. Like so, I, I get that. I like the idea that Smithers ditched him right before tax season. <laughs> yeah, it's true. God, I mean Smithers didn't want to, but he's. It's true. This it's is, this is February. They've got and, some time, and that the accounting department that he did a report on doesn't handle that yeah, yeah I just hand it to them I think a Mr. Johnson or John Stone was uh, passing the book <laughs> to Homer uh, so yeah but Homer runs home and I this is another of those moments that you could take this out and the episode would work the same but I like checking in with the family and then reflecting on what this means for him is there something wrong homie no Except? <laughs> Except I killed Mr. Burns. What happened, Dad? I punched Burns right in his 104-year-old face. Are you sure he's dead? Maybe he just really, really hurt him. <laughs> okay, maybe everything's all right. Maybe if you go apologize, he won't even fire you. If he's alive. <laughs> Even Marge <laughs> understands this. She can't be that optimistic. Uh, I just love Lisa's, maybe he's really, really hurt. Yeah. Like just... that, that is the brightest side of this uh, this equation. <laughs> so Burns' age actually had been said one time before yeah. this in Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1. Oh. By Skinner, he says, well, it would be foolish that I wouldn't recognize the city's most prominent 104-year-old businessman. I forgot that is that is the time that I should know this. That's the time they defined it as 104 previously and Simpson and Delilah, he said he was 81. 81 mm. years old. <laughs> but but saying it a second time makes it extra true in the Simpsons verse that yeah. he's 104. And I also think in Simpson and Delilah, um, Burns is like, do you know how old I am, Homer? And Homer's like, I don't know, 102? So he's actually <laughs> older than the exaggerated guess Homer it's gave uh, five years ago So on the Burns show. lied about being 82. That's how I have to imagine it happened. But uh, I mean, I like that they give him a actual number like these. No, Burns is 104. That's how old he is. He's Conceivably, I mean, nobody should live to be 104, but someone can be propped up and be the CEO of something for a while. Oh, yeah. What was the, uh, I mean, the owner of the Oakland Raiders for the longest time, who is now dead, like he was a Mr. Burns figure, like into into his 90s. He was like, I'm running this. Like, you can't stop me. Like, as long as, long as he had like a minimum ability to reply and say words and prove he was competent, they're like, you can't get rid of him. That's kind of kind of where Burns is at, too. And uh, so Homer goes back to Burns, and you really do feel bad for old Mr. Burns in this shot here. (gasps) (gasps) I'm really sorry I hit you, Mr. Burns. Here, let me put some salt on that eye. No, please, (laughs) I can't bear another threshing. Just leave me be. Yes, sir. Must call Smithers and protect me from this beast. I've seen people activate this machine a thousand times. Doesn't seem to be any trick to it. Let's see, Smithers, S-M-I-T-H-E-R-S. <laughs> Success! It's ringing! Most Tavern. I'm looking for a Mr. Smithers, first name <laughs> Whalen. Oh, so you're looking for a Mr. Smithers, eh? First name Whalen, is it? <laughs> Listen to me, you. When I catch you, I'm going to pull out your eyes and shove them down your pants so you can watch me kick the crap out of you, okay? Then I'm going to use your tongue to paint my boat. <sighs> I love that joke, but it's so distracting how Hank Azaria is like in a different room yeah. with a different yeah, microphone. They clearly for yeah, clearly re-recorded it uh, in audio only. It's quite obvious yeah, it was re-recorded. One of those two. It's really distracting every time. But I do like the joke that 
Mo is not being pranked. He's asked. He's being asked for a real name, and he doesn't. He doesn't know. He's so damaged from Bart, he doesn't know how to respond. But they found a way to make that joke again. Like they couldn't make that joke after New Kid on the Block. Yeah, they had really dropped the crank call stuff, and the only times they bring it back are for side joke. Like it'll be brought back. Uh, again kind of soon in Bart on the Road where Homer gives him a reverse call right. in that style too it's but Bart never does those calls anymore I, it, it and this also would mean so I took this to mean that the phone number for most tavern is 764-8437 that's right because if you started with the letter S the last S will not be taken because yeah. if you do seven numbers it just starts calling so that's uh so if you want to call the Europe most tavern calls 764-8437 no matter the area code don't do that ask for Wayland smothers <laughs> it's i wonder what the original line was there the mouth movements aren't really off they're not that different yeah i really yeah. wonder they don't point it out in the commentary i mean maybe it was dirtier like how they changed ass for butt in him saying he was gonna he threatened ned by saying the next words you say will be muffled by your own butt, butt yeah instead of ass Burns successfully telepathically communicates with Smithers. I feel bad for all those hunks that fall on his boat. Like, those poor hunks. Those hunks are all injured or something. It's so painful. Another great visual, like the reveal, the the shocking reveal of Homer's happy face in the mirror is so beautiful. Like, yeah, it's it's like an old horror film, except just like the lightning joke in the beginning. It's like. A friendly face is the most <laughs> terrifying thing in Burns' life. You it's a very uh, complicated shot in terms of drawing it, just like getting all the angles right, how the mm-hmm. mirror tilts, you know? They had to work oh, all yeah. of that out, too. And that's one of my favorite uses of the dud yeah. in Simpsons memory as well, when the dud replaces Homer in that. And then the dud replaces Burns yeah. when, he, when he reacts <laughs> yeah. to it. Uh, so, But Burns, Burns is broken. He can't even leave his office. I think the thug has finally gone home for the day. Now I can make my escape. Hi, Mr. Burns. You want your coffee now? Uh, No, I'm uh, making it myself. Hear that? The percolations are imminent. Uh, No need to come in. Uh, Cease your ingress. (laughs) Stay back, Homer. Approach no further. Coffee's already made. I stomped the beans myself. Uh, Well... Can I at least drive you home, Mr. Burns? It's five o'clock. No, I thought uh, I thought I'd chauffeur myself this <laughs> evening. Yes, that's what I thought. How difficult can it be? I'm sure the manual will indicate which lever is the velocitator and which the decelerator. Hmm? I can't believe it. All my life I've avoided doing things for myself, but I'm actually enjoying this. Press are making incredible time. Beep beep! Out of my way! I'm a motorist. <laughs> Ah, that's some nice reckless driving, Mr. B. Despite the fact that he's killing people, that is also very cute of how, how into it and how proud of himself he is. It kind of reminds me of Mr. Toad on his wild ride. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's just like, I'm a motorist. I'm more important than you. I love that this this episode, the whole like the entire time, they don't waste time leading the gag. Like mm. you instantly know yeah. that he is driving mm. terribly. They have a like a stop sign, <laughs> smashes windshield like second one. And you're just like, oh, he's doing a really <laughs> bad job of this. You know he's doing it poorly. But also when I see 
Mr. Burns driving on the street with no problem. That defines the one percent to me. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, no one. There's nothing. The cops are fine. Him. Yeah, that Wiggum. I, I especially. I love that Wiggum falls Mr. back Ray. into his college nickname for yeah. when he oh, worked for yeah. Mr. Burns back when he was in the college. This is all in Harry Shearer too. Uh, his line reading of chauffeur myself. Yeah. Like to Mr. Burns, I can see like the logic of this. That's still a fancy like foreign loan word that's new. You don't mm. you don't say chauffeur. It's chauffeur myself. <laughs> yes, that uh, using it as a verb too instead yeah. of. Uh, instead of a noun very extra that makes it extra fancy but i guess before we play the cl- clip bob ahoy hoy is a very important word to this series like that that's is the right opening to our podcast so if you go uh on google there's a very 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 complex article about this just google like ahoy hoy versus uh hello new york times you'll get an article from like 1992 that explains this all basically there were competing ways to greet people on the telephone one was hello and one was ahoy hoy and I believe on the commentary, they said ahoy hoy was taken from shipboard communications. Uh, when you would call somebody on a ship, you would say ahoy and they would say ahoy hoy. Ah. And I believe the logic of that uh, on a telephone was that the phone was always on. And you weren't calling people; you were directly you were di- directly connected to them. Mm. So you wanted That's to make why sure old switchboard yeah. ladies were connecting you to it. But you wanted to make sure that they were there and listening. So mm. ahoy hoy was a better way to get someone's attention. To like, I'm ready to talk to you on this telephone now. Oh wow! Yeah, but uh, it's way more complicated than that, and I don't want to go into all of it. But like <laughs> I said, Google those search terms, and you'll find it. Maybe we'll link to it at some point. But yeah, it's pretty interesting if you if you're into old timey uh, stuff like that. This is like an Alexander Graham Bell versus uh, Edison. Edison. And, like classic. and I was thinking like who did Edison steal that from because that was not his idea it couldn't be yeah Graham Bell Graham Bell's favorite thing was ahoy ahoy but it was it was all taken by uh, I guess Edison won again like you can't beat you can't stop guy. this guy was the Assassin's Creed games let us know he's one of the Knights Templars so oh, that's really? why oh, so he's, it's alright then yeah. <laughs> wait no it's bad or Templar, I don't the know, Templar I don't know are the bad anymore. well I mean you know that's as a Templar would say it's just shades of gray like it's chaos versus order man and so the templar but no he's he's one of the evil templars in history but you had to solve a stupid riddle to find out a scene of, of that that's one of my favorite things in assassin's creed of like well if you can solve da vinci code style riddles then you'll get to unlock the secret history of america <laughs> that also the templar one of the templars is on the supreme court it's the justice who was the swing vote in deciding corporations or people from about a decade or so ago that's also in the plot of the world of, wow. uh, of assassin's Creed. those games got really stupid didn't they <laughs> yeah they did a really dumb thing where they let you look ahead in one mm-hmm. of the games mm-hmm. and started talking about like templars all the way up into like the 60s to 70s and you're like this is uh, <laughs> like is those people are alive. Like, yeah. Yeah, you could sure be you sued for this, couldn't you? Like, well, that's why in the in the game they kept it as a a vague thing of like one of the justices. Look, we're not saying which one. Like that's that's like the Simpsons cover of like. Oh yeah, he was gay. The the that they don't uh, say who was gay on Leave It to Beaver. It to Beaver. Just that, like one of them was Homer says This is Tony Plow. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's hear let's hear the introduction of Ahoy Hoy to millions of nerds. Ahoy, hoy! No, you have the wrong number. This is 5246. <laughs> I suspect you need more practice working your telephone machine. Not at all. Ahoy! <laughs> uh, Mr. Burns, is there anything at all I can do for you? No, Homer. You've already done more for me than any man. Your brutal attack forced me to fend for myself. I realize now that being waited on hand and foot is okay for your average Joe. <laughs> but it's not for me. I want to thank you. 
knew I shouldn't have left. Ah, welcome back, Smithies. Say, do you know Homer Simpson? He pitched in around the office while you were away. <laughs> Bang up job, Simpson, but I guess it's back to your trusty post in Sector 7G. Ah. You heard the man, Simpson. Ah, and my dear, dear Smithers, <laughs> you're no longer needed at all. You're fired. Ah. You shouldn't have gone away on vacation. Huh. <laughs> I, I think the subtle thing I've noticed upon rewatching this again and again is that Smithers is actually very bad for Mr. Burns. Like, Mr. Burns is still an evil rich man, but without Smithers, uh, with the ability to be confident and, you know, uh, have some agency, he's pleasant and he's also grateful mm -hmm. to people, which he <laughs> would never true. be before. Yeah. He's hugging Homer and crying. And I forgot that yeah. moment. Thank he's you, like, thank, thank you. you so much. The point that the show is making that were you to beat the rich, it would make them better people, apparently. Well, let's try uh, it. Uh, yeah. no. <laughs> uh, Coming but, for you, Bezos. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that it's... Oh, Burns, so that does kill the running joke. Burns says, do you know Homer Simpson? He works in Sector 7G. Like, Burns has taken the joke out of Smithers' mouth. So, like, he knows it now. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's yes. that's so great. Again, they're playing with that again. And it's also funny that he's still a million years old. It's like, no, uh, you were introduced to Homer earlier. <laughs> yes, so that he's, yeah, it is great, too. He's introducing him to Smithers. Like, Smithers doesn't know Homer. So he has forgotten that Smithers has introduced him to Homer eight million times yeah. before. And, and I think, too... I have definitely had Smithers fear that a vacation will make your job disappear when you go away. Of like, well, if I leave, mm. my job won't be here when I come back. They'll all learn they don't need me. Like, I shouldn't have. I think so very much about the like, you shouldn't have gone on vacation <laughs> and reply from Homer. It's it's hard. You, you fall into this kind of workaholism that's hard to uh, escape. And I put off vacation so many times at, at my, like in my old job at Games Radar, just I was like, well, I can't take a vacation. The sun won't rise without uh, me. I and mean, this company needs me <laughs> company until needs it me. suddenly won't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> suddenly will happen. So, uh, but uh, you're fired, Henry. <laughs> oh no! I like that it comes back on the family wondering what's going to happen to Smithers. Like, and and also the gag that Marge needs to bake Homer a cake very quickly to prove <laughs> why she should still have her job. But that they care about Smithers. Though I also have to say, when you see every Smithers job, he is really undervaluing himself. Like he is, right. I mean, he's he is he is a college educated man with twenty years at the same job. Like he he could get any job. I would think, well, not any job, but many jobs. Yeah, he didn't look hard enough. Speaks to the like lack of any of value in the town right like that's true i guess really it's a one factory town like you either work at the power plant or you have a menial job like there's no executive positions yeah. to have i also think he's on a real downswing and he thinks he's nothing now that he has been, does not have mr burns like look what, what good am i i'll just take a, a job shoving things around that also happens when you're fired you definitely think yeah. like, i'll take whatever i'll i'll, I'll deliver newspapers or work at at&t make your no piano mover now we're gonna have to put a steel rod where your spine was. Oh, will I ever move a piano again? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, no. Get ready for exciting quarter mile action at the Springfield drag strip. It'll be motorized mayhem, mayhem, mayhem. We need all those mayhems. We do. Alright, fair enough. Suppose you know your business. Get ready for fun, fun, fun! I, people are already here. We don't need to keep hustling them like this, do we? You let go of me. Where are you throwing me? <laughs> 
I do love uh, so much about that, even though there's no animation. Uh, one, Smithers' nasal voice as your typical, I don't know, stock car or drag race announcer. Mm. Fun, fun, fun. But also the unnecessary line, where are you throwing me? Like, Where are you throwing me? He's got to be in a small booth somewhere. Yeah. Where, where else could he be going? Instead of, uh, it's an extra spin on just saying like, please, no, or yeah. just the violence in it. It's just, he doesn't know where he's being thrown. <laughs> Do they put a blindfold on him before throwing throwing him somewhere and then also they're so violent at the at the drag race place they don't even want to like shuffle him away quietly and hurt him later they have to throw him out of the window of the booth it's 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 so beautiful and just remember from now on smithers has a as a steel rod in place of his spine from this scene onwards uh, medically impossible. There are things yes. in your spine you need to like move around and walk and feel things. You just can't slide it out and put a steel. Yeah, I I do love the delivery of. Oh my goodness gracious, no! Yeah, like just Smithers has hit his rock bottom. You got a help wanted sign in the window? Uh, yeah, I need someone to help me with the midnight beer delivery. Uh, your job is to distract Barney until it's safely off the truck. I'll just wait out back until then. <laughs> I look forward to working with you, <laughs> Mr. Smithers. Wait. You can't let yourself end up in a place like this. You've got two choices. You can give up on yourself and take the Barney guarding job like so many of us have contemplated in our darkest moments. Or you can admit to yourself there's only one person that can make you happy and do whatever it takes to get them back. You're right. But I'm going to need your help. Oh, my God. We're in delivery. Just sign here. Oh. No, it's you! Just like the Smithers scene at the uh, racetrack, there is no animation on that joke. It's mm-hmm. all sound, and I mm-hmm. love uh, Mo just like listening in terror <laughs> and eventually having to like weep at the end of the scene he silently. Just gives yeah. up. He's just like, oh, God, no, again. And then he's. Also, this is midnight. Homer's just drinking at Moe's at midnight. Pretty dark. And too. saying you don't want to end up in a place like this yes, <laughs> while yes. he's gl- gladly hanging out there. Uh, I, I don't. The animators are great in this episode, but I like how much they just hang back like, Let's just let the sound do this. It's fun. The sound is funnier. It's definitely definitely a funnier scene than that. I just like that like the sounds also really good because you don't get a sense at all whether Barney even drank beer. Yeah. Like, did he eat it all? Like, where did it go? Uh, yeah, I guess the lack of visuals makes you imagine something much more horrible is happening. Like, there's no, like, that there's poor no man. Like, trademark like gulping sounds or yeah. anything that like actually fits with what you think is going on. It's <laughs> crashing and then a burp. He's just laughing madly. Yeah, he, He's just, yeah, that mad laughing that's also, they could have put in guzzling sounds, but instead it's like maniacal laughter. Like, ah, I find Finally, I'm back in the. I, somebody didn't guard me. I I love how the the enunciation that Dan Kessel and I asked you on the Barney guarding job. It's very, is, it's very memorable. <laughs> and I wanted to point out, I forgot that when the family's eating dinner earlier in this act, uh, they're all eating spaghetti and mo balls with spoons, <laughs> including Lisa. So Lisa's eating meats. Uh, yeah, I mean they could be tofu balls. They just fucked up. Yeah, maybe so. It was. I and I also love in both that scene and at the bar. 
Homer, no matter what is whatever Waylon Smithers' position is, Homer will always call him Mr. Smithers. Now, uh, come on, Mr. Smithers. It's very cute. I like I'm that. Sorry I did this, Mr. Smithers. Like he's it it reminds me too in uh Sideshow Bob Roberts where he said, like, Hello, Mr. Smithers. <laughs> like he's he he likes he likes Smithers way more than uh Smithers likes him. I think he always he's always like deferential to him because he he views Smithers as like a superior, even though mm. he's not employed at the plan anymore, too. <laughs> uh so what is their great plan? Mr. Burns may have mastered 2,799 of my 2,800 duties, but I'll wager dollars to donuts he still can't handle a call from his mother. You're on. What? Hello, Mrs. Burns. This is Waylon Smithers. I have your son Montgomery on the line. That improvident lackwit. Always too busy striding about his mill to call his own mother. I'll give him what for till he cries brassafrax. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. When I give the signal, you transfer the call to Mr. Burns. After she tears into him, I'll rush in and save the day. Got it. I mean, Tress McNeil as Mater Burns is so good. She sounds extra old. She talks like somebody from a, a Tennessee Williams novel yeah. or something. It's so great. He cries sassafras. It's also, it's actually brassafrax. Oh, brassafrax. Which I believe the Simpsons invented as a fake old timey <laughs> word. Because uh, I looked it up and it was all Simpsons uh, like uh, results. Well, and speaking of old timey phrases, dollars to donuts. That yeah. is also an oldie time phrase. It implies that donuts are worth less than dollars, which, at least in San Francisco, you can find some donuts that are way more than a dollar. It's true. I believe that phrase was invented, like, in the 30s, though, when donuts were far less than a dollar. Yes. And yeah. the, the apparently a competing phrase for it at the time was dollars to cobwebs, but oh, it yeah. was dollars <laughs> to donuts. Honestly, if you're wanting something that's worthless, cobwebs, I think, works even better than donuts. But and Homer uh, takes the bet seriously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Homer wants those donuts. He'll put down dollars against any bed of donuts the drawing of uh mrs burns or whatever you want to call her is so great she's barely moving but it's just such a realistically drawn like desiccated woman she's got like whiskers on her chin and everything it's true she's just falling apart there's no way she can even move at all and i just like her way of answering the phone's like what What? i i do like uh so this is the this episode taught me the word desiccated which is the perfect adjective for her just like a dried out husk (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, as something I would learn as an adult but wouldn't get at first, transferring calls on a phone line oh, yeah. in a business is way harder than it should be and very easy. I have I have hung up on many people on a conference call and then I had to be like, oops, sorry, hey, or, or like send them an email like, I'm going to call you again. Sorry. Fuck yeah, up. I mean, Homer just pushes disconnect though. There's no real yeah. confusion, but I mean, Smithers should have done the transfer. He should know Homer is so stupid. He couldn't transfer a call. Smithers should have been smart enough to not leave it to that. That is true. Though that's also what I love in this scene here, that Homer just goes straight to the sitcom plot of well, I'll pretend to be here. (laughs) And Smithers is like, this isn't a sitcom. Stop it. (laughs) I'm transferring a call into you, Mr. Burns. No problemo. (laughs) Uh, Ooh. Um. Hello, Mr. Burns. <laughs> this is your mother. No. no. Oh, hello, Mater. Um, sorry about pulling the plug on you and all. Uh, who could have known you'd pull through and live for another five decades? Who oh, is my face red? Mrs. Burns is 122 years old, so try to sound more desiccated. Yeah. And she doesn't call her son Mr. Burns. 
Son, this is Mrs. Bird. <laughs> I just called to say I don't love you. You are a bad son, Montel. So. I, I, I think it's implied that Mr. Burns has actually never spoken to his mom after that uh, tragic event because I feel like Smithers keeps putting it off and making excuses because why, why would he apologize for this time, this one yeah. time he talks to her? Uh, I mean, if I am if I tried to kill my mom 50 yeah. years ago, I don't think I would have wanted to talk to her either. I, I would have been quite embarrassed of killing her at one point. Uh, but the... Uh, and obviously she's strong. So this was a woman who 50 years ago was so sick they could pull the plug on her. In 1946. In 1946, <laughs> right after the uh, right after the uh, Hitler's died, she is unplugged and she still keeps living on 1946 like healthcare even it's it's insane i think the only thing that keeps her going is her hatred of monty yeah, that and, could be it and i love homer i i love through the gritted teeth acting i'm like she doesn't call her son mr burns it does make sense all she can do is dial and yell yes. <laughs> and that homer tries his best of like Montel. not only <laughs> i mean not only is it the the falsetto voice He's got to get into like a sassy pose too, like yeah. and move yes, his hips back and true. forth. Like this is a woman. This is how a woman moves and talks. I don't love you anymore. Oh god, it's so you and, are a bad son. But also the Burns. So when Burns gets mad, he still isn't going to fire Homer. He just immediately is like. Oh, you put him up to this. You're extra fired, Smithers. I mean, Homer changed Burns' life. I feel like yeah. he's got like uh, the advantage there. That's true. And then, then Homer makes another pronouncement of like, "You really screwed up this time." <laughs> and then Smithers just snaps. Like the second time someone has snapped into violence in this episode. Yeah, this fight is great too. By the way, yeah. it's beautifully animated. It, it's it's full of comedy, but also just like there's a joke to Homer's fat catching a punch. Yeah, there's not really a joke. to to punching the ground instead of someone's face and your hand is like ow this hurts i think there's an implied joke to smithers uh, a gay man saying you fight like a girl there's a joke yeah to that was like it's for you yeah it's for you and how long it takes her homer doesn't get what he's doing safe. with the safe door and, yeah and then the animation of homer just going like Ugh. Like he's he's almost unconscious, and there are very like impotent ver uh, ways Burns is trying to stop the fight, like popping a paper bag behind them. Yeah, the water, <laughs> yeah. and also the very like the kind of bullying way Homer just shoves at Smithers' face. Oh, like, yeah, eh, it's very realistic, just like yeah. smashing his face with his palm. On the commentary, Graining says that he felt the sounds were too harsh in their first mm. edit, and it he said that it taught them a lot about sound mixing and choices on sound for Futurama. The Futurama is like famous for like. Ow! Sound effects of like, geez, I can hear, I can hear Hermes' spine crunch yeah. as he falls down. I just edited uh, my three sons with the giant beating at the end. Oh yes, it, it hurts. It hurts to hear. But so Burns tries his best to stop it, but the uh, the whole the whole fight really escalates. I'll teach you how to use a phone, you boob. Go, go, go! It's for you. Go. You go! <laughs> oh my.
The Ow. first time we've seen that bear put to any use in his office, that yeah. big useless bear, it actually served a purpose. The bear has been there since the first time we saw the inside of Burns' office in Homer's Odyssey. When the office was way different. Yeah, so even when they redesigned the office, they kept the giant bear. And so it's great that they finally found a plot purpose for the bear. That feels like another of the Simpsons nerds are running the show type thing where they oh, yeah. finally realize, like, we should do something with that bear. Like, the bear. Bur- <laughs> Burns could fall out of that window anyway. Like, they don't... He doesn't need to be on his giant uh, polar bear to do it. Like, I, I just love that extra bit to it. Mm-hmm. And him having a giant stuffed polar bear in his office is just one of those classic, like, oldie time rich guy things, like an Uncle Scrooge type thing. I mean, it's still a, a new, new, new time rich person thing. Yeah, I guess so. They still, yeah. I mean, uh, old uh, rich men uh, go kill beautiful animals. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. yeah, they still love still that do. to yeah. show how cool they were. Like, see, I killed this elephant or I killed this giraffe. Like, uh, this, this man, this man pointed at the elephant and i shot it yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah i liked the season was great for that in like basically turning all these props that you just had stopped seeing mm. into these like Chekhov's guns yeah that they just were like this is important and matters now like and it was like oh i didn't even think that thing was a thing you animated i just thought it was a background <laughs> that's you know that is a great Chekhov's gun of just like it's been it's been a Chekhov's gun for six seven years at this point to then finally be used by the show and i'm sure it shows up again right despite yeah. falling out of the window mm-hmm. and this is not the last time birds will fall from that height either <laughs> you're right but the next time he falls from it he is lit on fire uh, <laughs> by by his uh well not his special k the giant b the fireworks yes the fireworks yeah. and uh, it's worth pointing out that this is very intentionally the same ending as the film clockwork orange mm. and a little bit i mean the book too but then the book has an extra final chapter thematically it works too so in at least the film clockwork orange the lead character played by malcolm mcdowell he has been changed he is a different person than he was before just like burns he is then he then well in his case he throws himself out of a window Mm. alex does and the injury causes him great harm but he does not die and when he wakes back up and is being fed he has then reverted to his old ways just as burns has as well i didn't catch that Mm -hmm. so it's 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 not just like visually similar the fallout of a window smash cut to him in a hospital bed being fed it's also the same thing happens to each of them plot wise too this is the first time i recognize the plot similarities as well oh cool i didn't even realize that yeah but so here we here we have the ending Mm -hmm. here comes the endangered condor into the power lines Mm. 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 i've got bobo hot from the dryer Careful not to burn yourself on his eye. I don't need you to do any of this. I'm totally self-reliant now. What I would like, though, is a Spanish peanut. Skin. (laughs) It's a remarkable thing. In the short time you were gone, I learned to be completely (laughs) self-reliant. And, oh, and as for that brutish fellow who knocked me out the window... See that he gets what's coming to him. I already have, sir. <laughs> What'd you get that for? For knocking Mr. Burns out of a third-story window. Makes sense to me. Did he die? What am I, a doctor? Uh. 
Oh, that's such a great ending. <laughs> it's like, ah, who cares? It's so beautiful. It's a fun uh, shrugging of shoulders, not like an, an audience hating shrugging of shoulders. Like, yes, the lo- like this this doesn't make any sense. Homer should mm. be in prison, or there should be some sort of trial happening. After punching him in the face, now he has also almost killed Mr. Burns. Homer's and- disregard for the lives and well-being <laughs> of everyone around him is weirdly one of his more endearing yeah. traits. Yeah. <laughs> I do funny. love his, what am I, a doctor? Like, that's such a great reply. Well, he was given food. That's all he cares about. Yeah, but I love the choice of a Spanish peanut as the item Burns needs help with because you just have to like rub it with your fingers for that skin to fall off. Not even like just very gently. You could brush by it, and it's the skin a, would fall Spanish off. Spanish peanuts and the skin are not is my favorite. Literally, favorites. the only thing that makes a Spanish peanut. Yeah, it that is easier than unshelling a regular peanut. I like, haven't had those in a while, but I just eat the skin. I guess you're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. the skin's kind of the appeal. That's what makes it a Spanish peanut. Gives it flavor or something. Or according to the internet, they've also been called. Quote, Redskins, that used to be the uh, names of Spanish peanuts as know, well. So. I remember <laughs> seeing that, like, planters tins with that mm-hmm. back in the day, and I don't think they call it that I anymore. Call, I, I don't think they're I won't it. go any more into this, but plenty of nuts have racist nicknames. Oh, yes. <laughs> and oh, I will yeah. say nothing else. Uh, also, uh, another great nerdy callback. Bobo the bear yeah. back like he still got him. It's, and, it's uh, calling out the one eye. It's beautiful. I it it touched me as a dork watching the show. Of like they remembered Bobo. But... So a bear hurts him, but also a bear makes him feel better. Yeah, it's it's, it's poetry. Uh, it rhymes. Uh, and it's such a great. It is a great sweet Simpsony ending of like oh, uh, but then immediately undercut by Homer. Like I don't know, he what might be dead. Like maybe ca- I did kill him. Callously shoving away Lisa's uh, <laughs> honest question. Yes, yeah, yeah, and then boom, right to the end. It's uh, this was a to me this was a really good episode. I think it also to me though for season seven it feels average. Like it's I agree. At it's mm-hmm. like them at their average output of season seven. It's not one of my favorite season seven ones, but I think it's quality of an average one like this shows you how they were firing on all cylinders this season. I think it's it feels like it's missing a B plot. Like not when you're watching it, but kind of like on retrospect that you're just like, oh, that was like we were just sticking around for this whole thing. Like there was never a moment where it was like, what's Marge doing? <laughs> um, and I remember like at the time starting to kind of like notice that and having it be weird that it was like, Homer was like one of my least favorite characters as a kid. Mm. Oh, right. I liked the kids and I liked mm. all the side characters and stuff. Cause they were interesting. And so like having an episode that was like, ah, oh, it's a Homer episode the uh-huh. whole time and not getting to, to check in with everyone else felt weird. It's tight. It's like, I think because of that, the writing in it is is really strong because they do stick with one plot line the whole way through. Yeah, like I said before, I love it. And I agree with Henry also. It's very average for season seven, but I think it's just, that's just because it's all about gags. But I love Mr. Burns and this episode would kind of change him forever in a way. But I I do like this different side of him we see, the more helpless side of him, which is (laughs) it shows up a lot in episodes. But this episode really focuses on that side, which is interesting. And it's also fun to see Homer in Smithers role and Smithers get to have some fun and be be free, you know, for once. (laughs) Live outside of the world of Burns. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that was a great episode. Uh, But let's move on to other stuff. Uh, Jack, you're our special guest. Uh, Where can we find you online? And by the way, I was being coy. I know the website uh, Jack works at. (laughs) In case you people think I was just like, I've never heard of that crappy website. No, I know. I know. We used to work together. I think we didn't even say that. We all used to work together. We used to work together. And then before that, we used to work near each other. That's true. But we were bitter enemies. Actually, I barely talked to 
to you or those sides didn't cross. It was, yeah, it was, it was a, a civil war at that office. It was. And then they just were like, never mind. It doesn't yeah, matter. That never um, happened. It never happened. Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Jack Drat, D-R-A-T, D-Rat, Dr. At. Everyone pronounces it differently. <laughs> I don't know why I, I saw thought it was Jack D-Rat, like Everyone uh, thinks middle it's, initials it, D. It's yeah, I mean, my last initial's D, so maybe that was just, like, a bad choice of things. I don't... It's one of those things that doesn't mean anything, and I wish it did, because everyone <laughs> asks what it means, and it's like, nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> um, and then uh, fandom.com is where you'll see my face on videos talking about... Today, it was about Jason Momoa in the new Aquaman movie. Ooh. It looks not terrible. That's what I've heard. That's, that's do, the news. You, you do streams and stuff too, right? You I do. I, I stream things on my um, on my Twitch accounts and my YouTube. Jack Cat TV is the Twitch channel. If you head there, it's not that active, I'll be honest. So, But if you're like, hey, I want to see someone dick around in God of War, you can see that. I'll probably be drunk and I'll have things to say, <laughs> but there won't be interesting things to say because mm. I'm not actually interesting when I'm drunk. I'm just loud and a little bit too gay. <laughs> That'll get you far in the streaming world, I think, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm not quite racist enough. Uh, like I just got to be a up. little bit. I got to be like, I don't know why we can't all just be friends, but I don't want to put any of the work into actually recognizing the problems facing other people. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about our Patreon now. Uh, so this entire network of shows is supported by Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons and give it the $5 level, it will make you a much better person. People will, res- <laughs> will respect you more. You will be more sexually attractive. These are all facts. <laughs> but also you'll get lots of content including so you'll get talking simpsons a week ahead of time and ad free and you'll also get our other podcast what a cartoon a week ahead of time and ad free and if, if you don't know what that is please subscribe to it it's us talking about other cartoons with the same format and there is so much more on that patreon at the five dollar level we have uh, all of talking futurama we're currently going through it now we might be done with all of season one by the time this podcast goes live we also have all of talking critic all 23 episodes of that we went through all of the critic uh interviews with simpsons writers we also have things like community podcasts every month we respond to your questions and comments we also talk about what's been going on in the world of the simpsons henry like, like a- commenting on apu yeah and, and thoughts on that though we had just missed new events in apu right after the episode it was God. posted but yeah i mean you know look it's it's the that's true what you get for trying to be topical you Hank Azaria, yeah. Hank Azaria did the right thing. Uh, good on you, Hank. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Yeah. At the $10 level, you can get access to our premium videos each month where Bob and I go through a different Simpsony thing in video form, such as our exploration of every one of the Simpsons shorts. So now we are truly complete in the Simpsons. We didn't just start with season one, which is exclusive to the Patreon too, by the way. We go all the way back to 1987 and the Tracy Ullman shorts, Mm -hmm. and uh, which we go into in depth in our most recent interview with David Silverman. So exciting. He is one of the founding fathers of Simpsons, I would say. Like he's right up there with Matt Groening uh, for sure. Geez, tons more things. There's season wrap-ups. Yeah, what a cartoon every you know it yeah you know there's it. there's so much we can barely describe it that should tell you it's a value oh, five dollars a month for sure and as for me personally you can find me on twitter as bob servo i tell a lot of jokes and i'm cranky on twitter 
Uh, so look for me there. And my other podcast is Retronauts. Every Monday, go to retronauts.com or just look for Retronauts in any podcast device or machine or app. It's a classic gaming podcast. We've been doing it for almost almost 12 years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and uh, I say find a topic that interests you. And if you find that episode, uh, we've probably done it. And you might enjoy it. So give us a try. Uh, Retronauts. Thank you, Henry. You are currently defending yourself from Sonic fans. Yes. Retronauts. I've been br- I'm brutally assaulting them for an entire month. And I think I just might do it for the rest of my life now. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. And if you follow me there, you'll also see my salty thoughts, but also uh, updates on these podcasts when they go out. So you'll find out all about them. Uh, so check it out there. H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you next week for The Day the Violets Die. See you then. Wow. Infotainment.